What's up, everybody? I'm Dr. Peter Bolden. And I'm Dr. Craig Spodek, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Simply the best podcast in dentistry designed to help you maximize your practice and your life through four pillars of success. Leadership, team culture, marketing, and financial freedom, and everything in between. Now, let's get to it. Everybody, welcome back. Here we are, episode one. Greg, did you ever think it would make it this far? Do I think that you'd have me on for 100 episodes? Or no, do no, I no. think you've only been podcast on. was... No, 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 no. Make no mistake. You've only been on for like 85. Remember, you, you jumped on after the fact. Right. So, yeah, I remember that. That 16th episode is where the ratings kind of came higher. I remember that. No, actually, the first 15 were all-time highs. <laughs> <laughs> but well, look, look, look. All right, all kidding aside, though, 15, I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> 100 episodes um, and with just amazing engagement from, from all of our listeners, we had a summit, we published a book and like all from the genesis of like, hmm, let's just start a podcast and see what the hell happens and, and getting all the emails we do from people and just, you know, really feeling like we've leaned into some of our, our listenership and, and gained a lot of new friendships in the process. So. I wanted to talk today kind of more about the journey and just talk about some of the cool people we've had on and then maybe what we're doing going forward. Yeah, it's been quite a, I mean, looking back at all these different guests that we've had in the last hundred episodes has been an incredible journey. As much as there's been value given to other people that have listened, I, I, I think it's selfish. We, we've learned so much. We've, we've, um, Who's one of your favorites that you just think of around the top of your head? I know we have, I know that's hard to say, play favorites, but just someone that you've, you were just really, really hyped to talk to. Oh, God. I mean, you know, Steven Klausnitzer, the guy with the stem yeah. cells, it just blew my mind. I mean, not really too You know, far. it's funny. I gave a, I gave a talk. Um, sorry, buddy. I didn't mean to cut yeah. you off. But I just gave a talk to like 200 men on, um, for a men's group on biological futurism. And really, really, I know that's not really my... Uh, my profession per se, but they asked me to speak and I kind of went into that stuff. And literally then from that, someone else asked me to speak to a thousand people at the Georgia World Congress Center recently. I haven't even told you this, but like people are into that stuff, right? And everyone is super interested. And I gave this cool, I gave this analogy, which I thought was cool. And um, this may not be, this may not be the content we want to talk about in the hundred, but I've told this story and everyone really liked it. So maybe I'm going to tell our listeners. So back to that, Steve, Stephen was on and it was all about stem cells, right? And so um, biological futurism has a lot to do with extending human life as well as we can. And if you're a fan of, you know, you know, I'm a fan of Peter Diamandis and, and Ray Kurzweil and stuff, but Ray Kurzweil has this prediction and he's been right about 95% of the time in his predictions. He's a futurist and he's, he's been right a lot of the time. So there's this thing called his escape, um, sorry, longevity escape velocity. And he says this will occur in the next six to 10 years. And what this means is, is for every one year you're alive, science will gain you one year. So the analogy I gave was, the, was this, okay, you're born, you're born on a beach. Out in the distance, you see this tsunami. It's 80 years away. Okay. When you get to be my age, you start looking out and saying, holy, and this wave is approaching at 200 miles an hour. And you're, and you're looking there and you're like, holy. and then you get to be, you're 40 and you're 40 or 35. You start saying, holy cow. And you start running away from this wave. Right. And that, that in, in, in is, is analogous to you. You know, okay, I got to take care of my body. I got to eat better. I got to do all these things. And you're running because you want to escape this wave. Okay. So escape velocity means that as you're running, now you go look off into the distance and Craig sees this airplane. You jump in the airplane and now look at my hands. You're moving with parity of this wave. Got it. So it's right. not coming towards you. Exactly. Um, so anyway, that was a, that was a cool thing that's kind of, um, but Steven was a big factor in kind of, you know, you know, on my obsession. And we, we talk about one of our guests, you know, he was a big factor in kind of getting me on that road. Not that, not that me talking about biological futurism to groups is going to lead to anything or, but I, but I enjoy it. And I think it's cool. And it's, it's nice to get the cred from, from an audience to say, Hey, come keep talking about it. Cause we, we dig what you're saying. Um, even though I'm not quote unquote the expert, you know, that's not, I know, but you do have a doctor in front of your name, um, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. It's amazing like how many people like text me 
you know, hey, can you take a look at this rash on my kid's thigh? I'm like, yeah, right. Oh, I'm a dentist, you know. One of my was- also another one of my favorites, Craig, was was with Mark Cooper, and maybe that goes back to the futurism thing again, um, because he, I love when people make predictions, you know, and he talked about so many things. I think we talked about that list and so many things that were going to happen, because I think when people make predictions, like they're literally just throwing their their balls out there and saying, look, you know. I may be right or I may be wrong, but history is going to prove me right. You know, history is going to prove which way, but like being bold and, and making that prediction and risking your ego, risking your reputation, risking all those things. I just love when people. Yeah, do that. me too. I love all the talks about the future. You know, and while, as you're talking about the future of dentistry with Christian Coachman, Christian Coachman. Yeah. The yeah, brave talk- new world, the future of dentistry and talking about DSO 2.0 and the analogous to the hotel change. You know, it's it's so cool to. And you were calling it DSO 3.0 back then, remember? And and I think you've been reeled in a little bit because you you I think you had the revelation that there's really isn't a 2.0 yet. They're all Correct. kind of 1.0, yeah. right? They're all really much the same with just a different different secret sauces here and there. Um, as you and I have kind of really gone down deep into the DSO rabbit hole, I think you discovered that they're really all the same and and. Dentistry. So there's there's 1.0 and 1.2, 1.3. Right, right. Version uh, one. It's just yeah. software upgrades. Yeah. You, there's not, and, and also thinking about DSO 2.0, the next generation of DSO, um, and Christian even alluded to this too, is is the DSO where the dentist wins, you know, where the patient. It, it's wins. a crystal clear, it's a crystal clear pathway. It's just not been tangible yet, right? And it will be. And it will be. And that's, I think that's one of you and I's passion is, is finding that pathway. And, you know, we may not be the ones that discover it, but it is really cool. Like looking for a pathway in which the, our beloved profession, our beloved colleagues will win from this as opposed to this perpetual, perpetual roll up, roll up situation where dentists are, are um, you know, where, where the, where the equity is driven on the backs of the people who got them there. Right. Right. Yeah. So, Talk, let's talk about some more. I don't want to, I don't want to keep, um, oh, what about APA? Oh yeah. You know, that was uh, one of my favorites. Mind, dude. Yeah. Blew and my then mind, like yeah. having just recently, our most recent one, like the last one was, is our implant APA yeah. for saying that dude. But I gave that, I listened to that podcasting because I think Daniel Northwick is just like a beast. Yeah. He's an animal. A beast. He's a, no, he's a Danimal. I know. I, we, I thought we'd agree not to call him that. No, no, no. He, he, that's actually his, his, his chosen, his chosen name. I know. I like the implant. I, I thought about this. I, I asked, I asked one of my uh, guys who places implants. I was like, what's a proficient implant guy? Like how many, how many does, was, does one say like you're an implantologist almost? Yeah. Like 400, 300, right? It's actually, it's even lower than that. Like, you know, I can remember back in the day, actually looking back and, you know, his goals were set up in, in the infancy of our kind of surgical setup here. And it was like, God, I'm going to get to a hundred. Right. And that was the goal. Yeah. And so I put that in the context of like 35. 3,500 implants is what he's placing. And then I thought about even this going so, so granular with my thought, Craig, I was looking at like thinking about, thinking about just unwrapping, just the process of unwrapping 3,500, just over and over and over again. It's just crazy. Um, and just such a humble, cool dude. You know, I, I really dig him on a whole lot. Yeah. He's just, he's just got that, that peaceful and you should have seen him operate by the way. Uh, I, I went down there and watched him uh, prior to even the conference we went to at DIA and he almost has this like symp- symphony, like symphonic kind of movements. Like oh, yeah. there's no wasted movement in what he does. And it's just, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. So um, speaking of, um, so, you know, this weekend is voices of dentistry, right? Like it's going on. Yeah. It's going on as we speak right now. As we speak. And did you get a lot of questions why you're not there? I did actually. I got a lot of um, you know people just presuming I was there because. Um, you know, I, I told everybody that it was is because uh, Doctor Spodek has gotten too big for his britches. Is that really what it was? No, it wasn't that at all. Yeah, no. I I, um, I think there's a presumption that we're going to be there. We spoke last year. I know it was you know very well received. Look, there's a not a lot of new podcast, and so maybe you know that's cool. Like you know we don't have to be the ones. Um, I think some people were. A little bit surprised. They're like, wait a second, one of the most popular. Okay, but I, but look, I think it's a cool thing to actually gain some awareness for some of the the newer podcasts. And um, I mean, I think it's cool. So yeah, I, I wish I wish them, I hope that's a very successful weekend. Hopefully, as successful as it was last year, I I anticipate that that it will 
it will be the same. Yeah, it was a good vibe. A lot of, a lot of engagement, a lot of good people there. It was awesome. Are you liking my voice, by the way? Uh, what did you do to it? It's a little bit raspy. I'm coming off of a, uh, a bender. A 40th birthday in Bahamas for my buddy. Yeah. No, it sounds fine to me. I, I, I acted like I was 25, I think. And then I mm-hmm. paid, for, paid for it. For like you were 65. No, that's right. <laughs> Party like you're 65. Um, yeah, so, dude, I'm no, kind of looking. Sorry, go ahead. No, I said Apple's podcast. Just wanted to touch on that. What was really interesting to me is to figure out what drives him. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's incredible how, I guess, the love of, their, the, love of the work that they do. I, you know, I mean, Apple, as, as we speak, flying in Saudi Arabia right now. I'm sorry, not Saudi Arabia, Dubai. Mm-hmm. And, you know, getting ready for probably a 40-hour whirlwind of dentistry coming right back and doing it all over again back in New York. It's, uh, you know, he's building in Los Angeles now. And it's just incredible to see the level of work that guys like him and Northwick put out. And, mm-hmm. and then you talk to others that we've had on the show who are really wonderful practitioners and they talk about burnout and they're only 33 years old and they only practice one or two days a week. So it's, it's really just a mindset of, you know, Look, when you're in your flow, right. And there's no denying that, you know, and flow is the, uh, that book that I forget the author's name. It's a, it's a long Yugoslavia, Russia, uh, I forget his name actually. Yeah, no. I know what you're talking about. Great. The, the book, right. But, and so the concept is obviously when you're, when you're in your flow of your superpower, time stands still, you know, you forget to eat, you know, you're just, you're just a, a man or woman on a mission yeah. and, and everything else just kind of is, is dulled in the periphery. Right. And so he's definitely one of those people who, is on a mission and it's not, and his mission isn't money, even though he, I'm sure he does amazingly well. His mission is because he loves his craft. He loves changing smiles. He loves the expansion. He loves the creation. You could, you know, you could tell how proudful he is with, uh, or proud he is with just the aesthetics of even the office and the building these things. Right. And kind of like, um, a Phoenix rising out of the desert literally was his office. And, um, you can tell he digs that he digs the creation is he digs the artistry. And but he's also got a good, he's got a good sense of what dentistry has brought for him. So it's not just, you know, putting food on the table and money in the bank. You know, he mentioned very specifically, like, look at who I get to meet because of what I do. Oh, right. And, I, and I can resonate with that as well. I, yep. mean, I mean, look at the, look at the types of connections and people I've met just because I'm a dentist. Well, I thought that was because of this podcast. Who's you, you got to meet oh. people because of this podcast. No, not yet, man. I'm kidding, buddy. Uh, no. That guy's name, by the way, for flow, I can't even begin to pronounce it. It's 17 consonants in a row. Yeah, and it's, but it's actually pronounced much easier than it looks. Yeah, um, it's by Smith, but it's actually that. Yeah. Um, Whatever. Mika- like, yeah. I'm gonna Mika- Mika- Let's just call him Mikhail. Yeah, Mikhail. Um, Mikhail. So, yeah, you know, what I'm doing right now is just looking at all the stuff and looking at some of our, you know, Bruce Baird, like, God, remember Bruce yeah. Baird? Awesome. One of our top ever. Um, mm-hmm. Because Bruce just has such the chops to be talking about this stuff. I want to get him back on. Yeah. Um, he doesn't know this yet, but we're going to, I actually even have his topic that I want him to, to go down. Uh, and it's funny. Someone asked me, and this actually brings up another point. Someone asked me, like, why do you podcast? And I say, you know, it's kind of interesting because like it hypothetically, if I, I know I've known Bruce before, but if I called him up and said, Hey, let me get an hour of your time just to like, just to like hit you up with some questions I got. It'd be like, eh, yeah, I mean, okay. But like, I really, come on. I really don't have the bandwidth for that. So to being able to literally like interview people and ask them questions that you're genuinely interested in and then be genuinely excited to give you that time because obviously it's at scale and they can make their distribution through, through our distribution. But, but it's really cool because a lot of these conversations, number one, I would never have had. Number two, I would never have reached out to these people unless it was under the context of, hey, let me have a podcast. But like, I have learned so much. You're kidding me, man. It's crazy. So much. It's crazy. Um, I don't even think of it, by the way, Peter. The funny thing is, is I don't think of it when I meet someone a dentist I'm like, oh, I listen to the podcast. I, I almost have to remind myself that, oh, this is actually being broadcast. Because right. I'm, like I'm literally thinking about like, what would I want to know? What I mean, it's great value because if it affects you and me, it affects all the, of our colleagues. It affects you know, 130,000 dentists across the country. 
But um, I almost don't look at it like this is for them. I think if it's for our audience, I think it's for us, you know, because if, obviously if it's valuable for us, it's going to be valuable for them. But having that one-on-one -on -one time with Bruce, I mean, I'm just looking back at the notes for the show and top three traits that make a dentist profitable. Number one is communication skills. Mm -hmm. Everybody, everybody's trying to figure out how to do it better, faster, polish your preps, even shinier. Oh, what, and, what new CE, how many questions do you get? What new CE should I do? Right. And then there's a whole, let's talk about the Instagram piece too. So there's all these young dentists on Instagram, you know, putting the full arch Friday and the, you know, and there's so much FOMO, you know, fear of missing out in the, in the Instagram world. They're all worried about what, what they're doing. And it, in some ways they're just trying to, you know, posture like they've got a crazy practice. I mean, some people do and some people don't, but it, there's a, there's a whole freneticism in the Instagram dental Instagram influencer world. And no one, there's no, as far as I'm aware of, outside of like Chris Ramsey, where is the communication training? Where is that training for dentists? It's underserved for sure. It's underserved and it should be, yeah, I mean, everyone knows. I mean, that's a good, saying. that's a good idea for our next summit, by the way, is just spend it, spend an hour on, or maybe an hour and a well, half. We spent a lot of time. If you remember, we spent a lot of time. Remember that, that sheet I gave out in, at our, at our Bulletproof Summit? which was kind of the seven laws of, um, you know, it was basically like a neurolinguistic stuff. And so it was Cialdini's laws. And I kind of adapted his seven laws to dentistry. And then we talked about that. And everyone really, really dug that from, from a whole lot of levels. But I, I agree with you. I think, um, you know, Chris, Chris's was a two-part series because there was just so much to unpack. We were on it with so long and just really just mesmerized by what he talks about. I mean, um, if you think like we were talking before we hit record, there's so many dentists out there that are really shitty. They're shitty diagnosticians. They don't have good hands or they're unethical mm -hmm. and they're killing it. They're making so much money. And there's great guys that prep perfectly and have amazing accurate diagnosis. And they're, they're not even viable. They're, they're trending on bankruptcy. So, you know, you need that trifecta. You need that ability to diagnose. You need that ability to have the hand skills, but the communication, if people don't resonate with you, you'll never get a chance to get at the bat. And, you know, and that's what Bruce said. Bruce actually said, it's not about speed. It's about getting people to say yes to more dentistry. I mean, it's simple as that. Everybody yeah. is, you know, uh, granted, you need clinical expertise. Of course. 99.99% of dental CE is completely shaped towards clinical expertise. 99.9% of it. And you won't get people to say yes. You can go to every Coice and Panky and Dawson and Picos and learn every skill set. But if you don't have those traits that make you profitable, which is communication, you'll, you'll, you'll let, you won't do it. I'm working on that in my office right now. And I've got some docs that are, you know, presenting a million dollars of treatment in the last six months. And they've got, you know, 25% treatment acceptance rates. And it's shocking to them. If you don't track that stuff, it's shocking to you. So what's a successful ratio to you? So I know we, you and I go back and forth on this, but I would like to see a treatment acceptance rate of about 55, 65%. Okay. That's good. That's good. Uh, I like your higher number on that. Remember uh, a third of people will always say no. Third of people will always say yes. And a third are undecided. So that 66 to 70% is probably where you are. is a sweet spot of where you know you're not under diagnosing, or I should say um, under presenting treatment. Right. So sometimes I've seen where my, everyone's happy. Oh, it's a 90% acceptance rate yeah. around here. Right. And all that right. means to me is we didn't present enough. We didn't go ideal. It's um, also like tracking your voicemails. You don't want to track the number of voicemails you get. You want to track the percentage of calls that go to voicemail. So you'd be like, we got no voicemails. Yeah. Cause no one's fucking calling you. What's a voicemail? Like if you, I'm sorry, an unanswered call. Oh, in your practice, like I'm if you kidding. go, you know, I'm making a joke because I haven't checked. Well, your practice, an, un, an unanswered call. Uh, okay. Oh, I thought you meant for your own cell phone. No, 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 no. I'm saying like a big challenge. I mean, obviously, a big challenge in a busy dental practice is getting the call volume. I mean, they, I, I forgot the statistic, but I remember Fred Joyle saying that like X percentage of calls are not answered. Like he's like, the number one thing you have to do is just make sure the damn phone is being answered. Because yep. most people, especially now, most people won't leave a voicemail. They won't leave a message. Just, you know. Um, yeah, I'm trying to look at his notes real quick. Um, but but he, uh, the reason the reason he, why he talks about that, honestly, he talks about you know learn how to build rapport with your patients. So like, look, success leaves clues, like you always say, and like the Bruce Bairds and the, and the 
Fred Joyles and the Chris Ramseys are saying the same thing. Like, built, you know, learn how to talk, like speaking skills, study linguistics. Um, you know, and, and I want to point out something actually, Craig. So remember I mentioned, I like how some things come full circle sometimes. Remember I talked about the, the biological futurism, did 200. But then, when, you know, speaking to a thousand is a whole different game for me, right? It's a whole different level of anxiety. Wasn't really nervous for 200, but a thousand people in an audience, that's a whole different game. So like, I'm not so, I am always on the quest to better myself. And, but that's a whole new level. And for that new level, I need a whole new level of skills. And so I'm going to hire a coach to teach me how to speak because I don't feel like I have the chops to, to, to do it well. And I want to stand, I want to really knock it out of the park. And so I guess my point is, is that someone may look at me in the audience that 200 and be like, ah, oh, you know that you got, you got, you can do that. And, but to go to a whole new level, you have to always be willing to check yourself and say, Hey, what got me here might not get me there. And so I'm literally hiring a speech coach. Cool. Um, you know, it'll to, make our podcast better. <laughs> shut the fuck up. You dick. I'm just saying, I'm speaking now. Whatever. Um, but anyway, so going back to Fred, like you were saying, the, 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 um, it's about the phone. Oh, wait, actually here it is. It says patients judge you by their, by their experience. 90% of the patient experience is non-clinical. Clinical skill is important, but success is determined by the office's culture. So that goes back to your Instagram. Who said that, Who said that right Fred now? Joyle. Fred. Okay. So that goes back to your Instagram and how you have a little bit of, you know, the FOMO and stuff like that. And I think that, I think we should talk about this for just a second, because look, we're entering a new year. It's a 2019. Um, I'm sure all of our listeners have goals set up and they're ready to go and, you know, and they, it, and, but they, but marketing may be a big component of that. And, and to the, some of the younger guys, like you saying the, the FOMO and the Instagramming, maybe that's a big portion or silo of their marketing. You never know. What do you think? Well, I mean, I think there's two types of, you know, Instagram influencer, you know, dental Instagram influencer. There's the guy that's um, just trying to get dentists to look at his page and, and make them. Did you, you know, call that dental porn or something? I think Is I did you? at one point. Yeah. I don't remember, but it's I mean, there's, there's the bloody tooth guy, you know, type of guy or Dr. Oh. Pipple Popper or even like payment, for example, you know, our boy, our boy payment, Racy, who's amazing, Pay Ray. Uh, that, I don't think that he's going to get a patient going to his Instagram page and say, wow, that looks fun, sign me up. You know, because once you see your gums filleted open and seven or eight implants going in for arch, it's just it's that, that, that might be a little too graphic to sell that I patient. I would agree with that, right? So like, he, he's it's just going towards after. other dentists. Right. And so that's cool. I think it's cool. So if, if you're not trying. But that's Payray's vision as well. Payray wants to serve, give it all back. He wants and he to, wants to teach. And he wants to democratize um, the CE. Like the guy's right. paying fifty five, sixty $60,000 a year. And he's a Robin Hood approach. He's giving it all back to everybody. But other dentists don't pay your bills, don't, you know, typically. Well, it, I mean, for him, it could be. I mean, he could wind up. Uh, so there's there's two silos of this is, is, is where we're going with this, right? Let's bifurcate this real quick. It's, it's the influencers who are you trying to influence if it's dennis then you can tell it's it's a page full of gore gory or details let's say preps and whatnot yeah right if you're trying to influence you know your town or your city or your population around you to aggregate new patients it's a totally different the context is totally different um and not that you can't have both but sometimes like it's almost like you have to have two different pages you know like a practice page that that is looking for you know, the fluffy and the cool and the culture. And if you wanted to have a professional page, um, like, like my surgeon does, he, he, he does stuff like pay Ray on his personal page. So you can have both, but man, it takes a lot of time to deploy content. Yeah. You gotta get, you gotta get your own D rock. I do. <laughs> I, know, I know. I set you up for that one. And by the way, that's been going great. So tell me, tell everybody what you're doing. That's kind of cool. So one of my, one of my mission, one of my dreams, um, starting about five years, and I guess that's when I became such a Gary B, Gary V fanboy is everyone knows a lot of his success. He kind of 10 X, 20 X, hundred X from the time when he got, um, D rock and D rock is the guy who follows him around 
you know, from, from sunup to sundown or sun or 18 hours a day, whatever, whatever Gary's crazy hours are. But Gary, Gary's superpower is talking and, and deploying um, just massive value to people. It's not, it wasn't ever going to be, you know, how do I create cool videos? How do I make sure I go live here? How do I do all that stuff? Right. So, so the D rock is, you know, his superpower is creating the content and deploying it across all the venues at all times as much as possible value, value, value. And so one of my dreams in dentistry was like, man, how cool would it be if I had a full-time videographer for all my practices, right? Because there's so much that's going on on a day-to-day granular basis that people need to see. But yet by the time you think of it, it's always, how many times have you heard this conversation, Craig? God, that would have been cool if we had videoed that. Oh yeah. You need someone there. Or golly, that should have, we should have done, you know, and it's always a hindsight golly. And so I got tired of the gollies. And I, um, so I just said, you know what, forget it. I'm going to stop dreaming about this. I'm just going to, I'm just going to draw a line in the sand. I'm going to hire this person. And if I'm wrong, then it costs me a salary, right? For a year. I'll probably know in a year if it works. I think Um, you can know right now it's working. I can see it's, 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 it's the coolest thing I've done. One of the coolest things I've done in my career because now, now my creativity has 10x because I'm not limited by my thermostat of what I can actually produce, meaning yeah, not produce dentistry, but produce like the, the image. So now I'm thinking about like baby documentaries and baby, you know, like cool shit that I would never have been able to do. But it's really kind of like you and I have always beat this drum. It's always about amplifying the culture that you've created, amplifying the dentistry that you're doing. It's just amplification of what you have. It's not, it's not tricking. It's just amplification. Mm-hmm. And having him has been awesome. And, and the fact that he was like the breakout YouTuber of the year or something like he had the chops to know how to do a lot of cool stuff. So like we've done even little things that have really helped move the lever. Like, let me give you just a, for instance. So did you know that, just by modifying and making a custom, do you know what a custom thumbnail is for YouTube? No. Okay, so so do something. Look at look at go like search for anything in YouTube, right? And look at the videos that have like ten higher views than, than the rest of them, or and then look at the ones that have like the screenshot of it, you're frozen, right? Like this, and it's just a frozen this. So a custom thumbnail is is a, is the the obviously it's the button you click on when you see the video, but it's a curated just for that. And the engagement of having a custom thumbnail is 10 uh, it's, it's just because it's prettier to click on. It's I see that. So you're prettier to click on. I'll make over. Yeah. I see. The, so like. I see. I'm looking at two videos. I'm looking at one from 35 minutes ago, which is extreme smile makeover story versus one from two years ago. And it's just you as a frozen image from yep. two, eight years ago. I see so it. So we're going and redoing everything from a custom, right? Because that was one of his things was like. Hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a pro YouTuber, so to speak. So like even just going back and like real, not being, not, not being too prideful and just saying, yeah, God, no, I did that wrong. And then tweaking it and then adding the right tags and like all these things, these are little, little, you know, Sorry, it's, like a, at your video. it's like a DJ, you ever been to a DJ booth and you always see them like there's a hundred mil or a sound studio. Yeah. And there's a hundred of those little knobs everywhere everywhere and they're always like they're like reaching up and tweaking one reaching up and tweaking one always like constantly like that's what sometimes what, what i feel like our practices are like our business well, that's what every business is like man yeah. every business is a and subtle you- adjustment of the knobs it's always tweaking but that's what you're gonna that's what we'll all miss when we're retired by the way yeah that's yeah. what keeps your you know this this blessing of being able to you know you know, it's, it's just a quality problem. Like the original problem you have when you're, you know, for those of you who have just swung your doors up in your, in your new practice and you're less than a year too old, you're actually worried about staying in business. You're actually like, how am I going to do this? How do I, how do I afford to get an Itero Trios or, a, a, you know, a, a cone beam? And then ultimately it's like, okay, how do I, you grow. And then, it, then the new challenge is how do I maximize profitability? So it's a subtle massaging of all these little numbers of like how to get my staff salaries to 24% and how do I save money on my you know, costs and how do I get better costs with Invisalign. So it's that subtle tweaking that, that that's to your point of what gets you here won't get you there. Every year you have to reinvent yourself mm-hmm. because there's different challenges facing each one of each one of you as you, as you grow. 
And I think, you know, going back to longevity, I think that is one of the secrets of longevity is constantly being excited about learning something new. Yeah. Right. Like there's been days, Greg, when I have to keep myself in bed because I can't get up at five, even though I want to, but I make sure like, cause I'm so excited to go do shit and the shit I want to do. And maybe that won't always be that way, but I have heard that I've actually spoken to a lot of elderly people who are, you know, in longevity standpoint and you know, one of their is just constant, the constant quest to learning, constant yeah. quest to learning, whatever it is. Well, that's what makes you happy. We talk about that all the time. What makes you happy is progress. Progress. Exactly. Progress is what makes you happy. Um, yeah, man. I just, there's so many guests I'm looking at right now. I'm like, holy cow. Like we covered a lot of content um, and, and made a lot of good and a lot of friendships in there. A lot of, a lot of, um, just connections into, into the space. Like the Reese Harper, like all the, the myth busting financial planning and, and Reese has become a good friend of ours and a good financial advocate and a big sponsor of the summit. And just, we learned about what a great company he has, you know, yeah. just from an ethical standpoint and just like, we need more of those kind of people in dentistry. Um, I mean, look at all the, look and look at all the dental students we talked to. Remember going live on that, um, the questions. And then uh, I think it was a temple university. Um, and we had like a group of five of them. And then we, we recently had another one of dental students. And that, those have been some of our more, more popular. I'm thinking that we have a younger, you know, a younger dentist, maybe some dental student listenership. But it's cool because we are a totally different narrative than, than some of the other podcasts. And that's something I hear a lot is that y'all are, y'all are so different, right? Y'all are so different. Everyone always, everyone always laughs at us at how, you know, we have this funny dialogue with each other and it's a little bit raw and it's a little bit abusive to each other. <laughs> it seems more abusive to me by the way, but it's well, okay. right. That's just my, that's just my love language, dude. I just, I, I, <laughs> abuse. <laughs> oh God, that sounds horrible. But God, you know, I had this discussion with my buddies this weekend cause I was with 50, I was with 120 friends and I don't have 120 friends. Well, I said, yeah, okay. So I was at a birthday party with 120 people in the Bahamas. Got and it. we were talking about how women show admiration and respect to another woman and their friendship by, by doting and saying, look how pretty you look. And I love this dress. And I'm like, oh, you're the best. And guys are like, hey, what's wrong with your shoes, dude? You know, like they're just... <laughs> They're just like, they just bust on you. Like it's constantly busting on each other. But it, when you're, when you're close friends, I mean, like some of your best friends, like you're, you're not afraid to bust on each other because like, that's how you show, like, that's how guys show love. It's weird. Yeah. Um, you know, I always tell my buddies, I'm like, I'm not making fun of you. Like we're not jabbing at each other. We're probably not that good. friends. Exactly. <laughs> that's so true. Um, I don't know how I got in that segue. Sorry, bud. No, it's all good. Um, I'm I'm psyched about your D Rock thing, man. That's something that uh, I've always wanted to do. I think I'm going to wind up doing that as well. I've got a guy in my office that is doing our videos for us, but I think it needs to be a dedicated it, person. You can't you can't dabble. In yeah, that. You, can't. you can't dabble because like it's like anything in your office. If um, a lot of people have that accountability, no one has that accountability, right? Yeah, that's true. You have to have someone that like that's their that's their lane, that's their responsibility, and they're going to rock it and. I have to say as much as I even, I love marketing. I love doing this stuff, but it's even freed me up a little bit. Like I, like I mentioned, um, because now I'm not having to do a lot of little granular movements in the marketing. I can look big picture and say, let's do this and this. And he's handling the, the boots on the ground in that, in that area. Um, plus like my doctors are really feeling appreciative because you know, like, like, look, the camera's on them. They're showing their spotlight and all that stuff. And like, yeah, and then they can repost it. I saw yeah. Dr. Gandhi reposting yeah, stuff. It's like, cool. man, and so it's just so cool. It's just so cool. And you know, like, like I said, if it's a failed experiment, whatever. No, it's not, it's not going to be, it's not going to be, but it has it. So let's talk about where the rubber meets the road for a second, because right. Because it, it's, it's, it's fun to do these things, but like the rubber has to meet the road. It has to be a good ROT or, or, or return on time or return on investment. And I don't know if January is typically, I'll have to look at the numbers, but I don't know if January is typically a higher month for new patients but they're high right now. Like people have called in and our engagement on social platforms is high and our views are high. And, and is, it is a test to kind of putting out better quality shit and doing it more consistently. Like today, well, it's all content, man. Today at noon, I've never gone live. Like we're, we've been announcing this big live thing. We have like 600 people waiting in the, um, to, for me to go live to talk about dentistry and just answer like even dumb questions or talk about the Super Bowl. I don't know. 
but like going live, like, and that's the shit I would have never done, Craig, without having someone in there. So again, I, I, I want to, I will make sure to update our listeners on, on this as, as, as it evolves and hopefully it just gets cooler and cooler. Um, but I agree with you. I think even a practice of your magnitude, you need to, you need to be a full-time amplifier amplifier in there just crushing it. Oh, for sure. Time. For sure. Right. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely true. Finally, the Bulletproof practice book is out on Amazon. Craig and I have distilled down our experiences in dentistry over the past 20 years in our true to form unfiltered fashion that y'all have come to expect from our podcast. We talk about our victories and our bruises and it's 132 pages of vision, leadership, marketing, and even just life as a dentist. And it's meant to entertain you. So we hope you'll support us and grab a copy on Amazon today. Thanks friends. Are you using Google my business much? Like in terms of putting content out? But it's so funny you just said that. Um, Cause Erica was at a seminar last night and she was asking me the very same question, which is so coincidental. She just said, um, Google likes when new features are used and it increases SEO and increased conversion by 11% if you're putting stuff on the Google My Business page. Well, you just said something very important. Google likes. Yeah. Right? It, forget the conversion. Forget yeah, Google this. likes it, exactly. If they like it, hypothetically, could you possibly get preferential? Of course you could. And it says, okay. and posts automatically go away every seven days. So you have yep. to make a new post every seven days or repost the same post. But doesn't Hootsuite go directly to Google Plus? No. Nope. My page? My don't, no. Uh, no. It does not syndicate there. Um, it's, a, it's an intentional thing they're doing. To, the, remember how a Google Plus failed? Right, right, right. So I think, it's, I think it's their play to say, all right, look, we obviously own the local space. Let's make it local social with our own thing, right? But let's not try and compete. Let's not go head to head with Facebook. Let's not go head to head with Instagram. But let's 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 play with let's play with this a little bit. And so back to what you said, I think when you play in their sandbox and you play by their rules and of you course best practices, you 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 might get a gold star. Yeah, of course. So how are you what are you doing that you're social, you're just physically going in and posting what you post on social to Google? No, no, because remember, something that I always talk about, the context of where you post is always different. So it shouldn't just be let, let me syndicate and blast people, right? It's a different it's a different context. It's a different narrative for everything. So it could be the same video, could be the same content, but sometimes it has to be tweaked and modified per the platform on which it lives, right? Like the Facebook, if I do a, a long video, like it can live long there because people are going to sing. Instagram obviously is 60 seconds, so it has to check. Right, but also, also Facebook, you don't want to import your YouTube video to Facebook. Right, exactly. So you got to load the video separately. So that's the, click and this. that's what's so freaking hard about this shit. I is know. It takes so much time. Is that like, God, it'd be great if you could do one piece of content and deploy it to everything, right? right. And and have the same ramifications or the same effect. But well, it listen, it's never been it's never been easy. Like you know, fifteen twenty no easy button when you were. Well, listen, I used to buy TV ads, and there was very distinct conversations about the content. Like, oh, you wouldn't want to run this piece when the Doctor Oz show. Oh, but you definitely run that for like you know one of the soap operas or whatever. So it's just different things for, you know, different content for different channels. It's the same thing. The new conversation is that Google is different from Instagram. It's different from Pinterest, which is different from Facebook. You know, it's, it's, it's a different audience. People, Gary Vee even says this, people are using Instagram. They're in a different mental space than when they're using Pinterest or when they're using Facebook. It's just totally different. Twitter, right. Yeah. Is Twitter still around? It is. It is. By the way, I was on the Atlanta Dental Spa's MySpace page. It's quite nice. It, we, we spend more time on the MySpace than anything. MySpace is. <laughs> <laughs> to quote my good friend Borat. You love, you love the MySpace joke. You love I do, it. I do. It's it never gets old. It never gets old. Keep it up. It's just buddy. like your use of the word granular. You said it 15 times on mm. the podcast. No, 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 no. My, my favorite word is still binary. <laughs> um. Well, buddy, let's talk about, um, let's, let's pivot into something else and talk about two things here. Um, I want to, I want to hear, you know, January, it's, it's the end of January, but January is usually a good time when people kind of look at their year. They look at last year. It's a time of reflection. It's a time of looking forward. What, what's on your radar? 
How was last year? Last year was good. Um, it was a challenging year for me, and that's actually a good thing because I, I believe you get what you need. And if you mm -hmm. don't grow from what you got, you'll get more of it until you get until you figure it all out. I think that, um, you know, I think whether you believe in God or the creator of the universe or whatever, I believe there's some force at work that presents the challenge that you need to grow from. And you can either look at it like, what was me? Or what does this mean? And how do I grow from it? And it can define you and you can kind of pack up and retreat or you can learn the lesson and grow from it. Um, so, so I'd say 18 was a, was a big year of growth for me personally. Um, and a lot of transition to practice. And yeah, you were tested. Yeah, I was tested. And, um, I, but I came out the other side, you know, realizing how certain things I've done created that reality for myself. In other words, I, I, don't, I don't feel like I was a victim of it. And, um, you know, I had some really influential people in my life that really guided me through it. One of them was you. You helped me out a lot, of course. But I was lucky to have some other people that really helped reframe it. And um, I, I think that we tend to resent the challenges, but we can't resent the process. Uh, the challenges create opportunities. And looking back on all of it, it, it made sense. And I, I really feel responsible for it. I, don't, I feel like some of the stuff that went wrong, I was like, that was my fault. I, I was asleep at the wheel. And that's a, that's a sign of an amazing leader. I mean, and is really taking just extreme ownership in all areas of your life, right? Extreme accountability. And I think you, I don't think you did that because you read the book. I think you did that because that's at your core, right? Yeah. I haven't read the book yet, but I heard it's a good book. And you don't play, you don't play the woe is me for long. And if you do, you kind of, at least you're aware of it, right? Like yeah. the rest, like some people get in that narrative and all of a sudden that narrative now becomes them. You can step outside of that and look and say, holy shit, what's going on? you know, and just kind of give it some time to unpack. And, and, um, yeah, I mean, it was, I mean your, your results will show you your performance, um, not your intention. Your intention doesn't show you your performance, your results do. So if you don't get the results you want and you're continuing to not get the results, the only person to really look at is the person that's making up the rules. And that's typically us mm -hmm. and being in the blame game, whether it's blaming yourself or, are blaming other people. It's just, it's fool's gold. You won't really advance yourself. So in one side, taking extreme ownership is, is hard, but the other way is, is just drawn out long chronic pain. I'd rather rip the bandaid off and say like, Oh wow, I see that. Maybe it was this that caused that. Maybe it was too, you know, not explicit with me, you know, and, and, and Thor brought up a really great thing to us. You know, we were working with Thor this year quite a bit. And Thor said at one of my favorite quotes of 2018, he says, stress comes from knowing what to do and not taking action. Mm -hmm. That just like blew my brain. Stress comes from knowing what to do and not taking action. That's what eats us alive is, you know, you, you wake up in the middle of the night, like I really got to do this. I really got to do this. And then by morning, you know, the list of 20 other things gets in its place and you don't mm -hmm. do what you're supposed to do. So action is the antidote to stress. And sometimes the easiest thing to do is the only thing you can control is you. Yep. Um, and, and that's a peak performer thing. Everybody that's a peak performer takes that extreme ownership. I have uh, someone in my life right now that's a, a unique challenge. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sitting up thinking like how to work with this employee. Like what do I do with them? And one of, the, one of the traits that this person has is that every time something goes wrong, it's like, well, they didn't blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Or they, they. I'm like, well, who's they? Is it the front desk people, the assistants? It's always a different day. And you're never going to get to the next level if you're not saying it's, it's you. I mean, if, if consistently different people are not doing what you want them to do, the only person that you can point back to is you. There's that saying when you're pointing at someone, there's three fingers pointing back at you. So if you don't get the results you want, look at what you did to get those results. Mm -hmm. and, um, and that's actually liberating. You know, it's actually liberating. Um, it's every entrepreneur, every successful athlete, everybody that's pushing the envelope, everybody that's a high achiever is constantly reevaluating the ground game and, you know, and, and seeing what they didn't do right and, and fixing it. Look at what Tom Brady does. Holy shit. Yeah. I and mean, I'm not a sports fan, but I watched that Time versus Tom series on Facebook. That guy is freaking obsessed watching plays and plays and plays and, I mean, he's the hardest working guy. Look at LeBron does. Mm -hmm. I had an NFL guy in my office this week, um, Fabian Moreau. He plays for the um, Washington Redskins. I was like, so where do you get your inspiration from? He's like, well, the average NFL guy plays in the league for only three years because he get injured. 
And he's like, I'm just obsessed with not getting injured. And my fav- my inspiration is LeBron because LeBron has already reached such high levels and he's not coasting. He's working harder. Tom Brady's probably working harder now than he ever worked. Mm-hmm. And like Payman, you know, I'll put Payray in that, in that area. Payray's working really freaking hard. You work really freaking hard. And when I look at my challenges of 2018, I took my foot off the gas on certain areas. I know there were certain areas that needed to have some, you know, there were some leaks in the roof. I'm like, you know what? It's going well. It's fine. Took my foot off the gas. And those leaks become bigger holes in your ceiling, you know, and eventually a whole bedroom roof falls in. You know, the whole roof of the house doesn't fall in, but, you know, you can't take your foot off the gas and um, you can't coast. There's no, there's no coasting. Yeah. Yeah. So are you a big goal setter? I am. And and funny enough, in 2017 into 2000, early 2018, I was doing like a very rigorous priming exercise, like a morning ritual. Mm, Tony, uh, Tony, Tony Robbins inspired. Yeah, Tony Robbins uh, priming. Like priming? Uh, okay. Yeah, priming, just basically, you know, getting a morning ritual, some breathing, uh, some meditation, prayer, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, I do that for a while. It's kind of like, you know, if you don't intensely practice it and, and get into a habit, it'll work well for a while and then it'll fall apart. So you can go mm. to the gym religiously for four months and get fully ripped. And then look at yourself in the mirror, take a selfie, and then never go to the gym again. And in four months, you'll be back, you know, just the same way you were. So it takes that daily discipline. And I'm guilty of that. I think many people are. You know, you put in massive amounts of effort, you get the result you want, and you take the foot off the gas, and there it goes. So, um, yeah, I was doing that in 17 or early 18. I think that was very helpful. I think that's powerful. Uh, You're not doing it anymore? At the moment, no. At the moment, no. So I think think some kind of ritual, however short or long it is, is – super powerful and i'm a big fan i know i asked you about goal setting is now we're going into a ritual thing but well that's part of the goals because if you set this goal of i'm going to lose 10 pounds or increase the profit of the practice by 10 percent, and then there's no ritual whether it's reporting or focus or intentionality on it it's just a wish i mean setting up a new year's resolution on december 31st and and never checking it again won't do don't do shit for you right right and you kind of have to put the grander steps in place or reverse engineer the process. It, yeah. And, and then keep yourself accountable by, by if this is my yearly goal, by the end of January, I need to have this done by the end of March. I need to have this done. I need, and right. And that's a daily check-in with yourself. It helps to have an accountability partner. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, a friend who can do, but, or a coach. Um, but I, I, I have to say, but that I think that, you know, I spend 20 minutes in the morning and it's a game changer and it's broken up into a couple of different things and it's a game changer. A lot of it's focused on honestly breathing. Cause I, you know, I can suffer from the kind of anxiety sometimes and just being like super frenetic about all the shit I want to do and I got to get balanced and back. And so I go into kind of a, you know, just like you're talking about, you know, people like Tony Robbins rely on priming themselves for the day. Oh, like, Tony goes through it's, it's okay for me too then. Right. Like, you know, Oh yeah. Like I, I mean, sure tell about Tony Robbins, so I I think it's cool. I mean, look at look at the amount of momentum and inertia in Tony's life on a daily basis. That guy's walking around, and there's a lot of Tony fans out there. Millions and millions of Tony fans around the world. The guy's walking in China, and people are like, "Oh my God, I love you!" So there's so much positive reinforcement. Mm. So why is this dude taking off 45 minutes an hour? of his morning jumping 52 degree cold plunge pool, going through mass amounts of, you know, practice, you know, you would say like, does he really need to do that? And the answer is obviously yes. And, and I remember by the way, period, uh, period between you and I, Pete, where you were going through a dark space and I was doing my morning gratitude journal. I don't know. Cause that was uh, you know, maybe a year and a half, two years ago. And I kept saying to you, like, you got to do this. Were you doing a morning ritual at that point? I don't think so. So, so I remember like, you know, sending, I think pictures. I was in a woe is me state and like, I'm not doing that shit. You know, like I was in a woe is me. Yeah. So, and I kept saying like, do your journal, get a journal, the five minute uh, gra- daily gratitude journal. Like what are the five things that would make today great? And at the end of the day, you get back to it. And it's like, what happened that was special, you know, because the mind is always going to look at what's wrong. You know, right. So, you know, it's always going to find what's wrong. And without that practice, you're going to wind up, you have to have some visualization. I mean, LeBron is not thinking about missing free throws. He's visualizing, acing everything. Tony's visualizing about mastering, 
you know, the art of persuading millions of people for a better life. Do you so, know what an, you know what an incantation is? Yeah. So I actually recorded a short little thing for myself every morning. Just listen to it. It's like one minute long. It's basically saying some of the things that I want to accomplish, some of the things I want to do, and it just reinforces. But it's in my own voice that telling me like, hey, shit, it's going wrong, but don't worry. You know, and that comes a little bit woo. I know people are like, what the hell? When did you start doing that, Pete? Um, probably October. Was that after a Tony seminar? It was, I think. Or somewhere, I just said, you know, that's a good, I don't know where I got the idea. It was definitely not my idea, but it was like the, the whole, the genesis of the idea was it has to be your own voice. It can't be you listening to someone else's YouTube because you need that conviction of hearing your own voice and it activates something in your psychology, right? And it does. It well, does. I mean, listen, at any given moment, there's a voice going a million miles an hour in your fucking And it's head. the beating. Like you always say, it's that beating. Like, it's that beating of the drum. And if you can kind of hit that and say like, no, I, you know, and you yeah, get constant gentle and beating. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. And then you listen to that tape and it's like, you remember that self when you recorded it. And it's like, you're a badass. Get out there and crush this, you know, like just messaging. And it's, it, it changed. And then you, you get out of that and you're like, yeah, what the hell was I thinking? But I couldn't do something. Blah, blah, blah. So anyway. Yeah. Uh, this That's is, uh, so interesting. I, I just, I just remember Pete. I mean, it's so cool to look at this progress because I do remember a state where you were like super woe was me. It was going on for a couple months. Mm-hmm. It was spilling over not only from the business, but into others portions of your life. And I was mm-hmm. the one like, Hey, gratitude journal, gratitude journal. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't realize this, but when I was at your house a couple of weeks ago in Atlanta, you showed me that little chair that you have and all the notes and the prayer thing. That is no wonder. I mean, you're, it's like, we're, we're like wonder, I'm like wondering, like, where'd you get your abs from? You're in the fucking gym an hour a day. Right. You know, it's the same thing. It's the mental discipline you're putting in that work. Um, you know, people are awarded in public for what they intensely practice for in private. It's the same exact thing. So I am well, I not, our, a, I hope our listeners are number one setting goals. And then I hope they look at those goals in which they set in January. And I hope they two X them. Right. Like just think a little bit bigger. Because like, what's like, okay, like you're shoot, you know, like make it a moonshot as opposed to just like a goal. Um, and also know. don't just focus on financial goals. No, of course not. Of course not. Like, you know, there could be pounds, pounds. getting healthier, like all the shit we've talked about on our podcast, you know, the longevity, looking into this, I'm going to learn about this. I'm going to take my family here. I'm going to, I'm going to spend more time, you know, like all these things. It's not, it's actually financial is only one of like, eight or eight or 10 factors in that. And yes, that's important too, because it feeds a lot of the other shit you can do. Hey, but, did we talk about the disease of more that article I sent you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hedonic treadmill kind of thing. Did we talk about that on the podcast? No, we haven't. We haven't had that on the podcast, but that disease is, um, yeah, pervasive for sure. Yeah. So Manson, the guy who wrote the subtle art of not giving an F, uh, published an article that my buddy sent me and I sent to Pete and I sent to everybody. Uh, it was the, um, the disease of more. And it basically says that humans like to be at a seven out of 10 in happiness. Mm-hmm. So you win the lottery, you go to a 10, couple months, couple years later, you go back down to a seven. You're at a, a seven, someone dies, you go to a one or a two, and then you kind of bounce back up to a seven. So there's this idea that we should get to a 10. And if we just had this or did this, we'll get to the 10. And I think it's really, really important to um to set your thermostat higher correct yeah to move right. that thermostat that's i think that's too you hear about the deserve level and all that stuff right um well i i do that's how like you, well, i hear that thermometer and the deserve level and you, you know instead of a seven it should be why why can't it be a nine or a ten right that can't be why can't that be your set point you know and there's some there's some th- there's some science behind the fact that some people were just just DNA from a DNA standpoint, we're just created to be a little bit higher set point than others. And I can, I can relate to that. Um, you know, some people are more golden retrieverish, and some people are more German shepherdish, you know, it's just, it's just a different, you know, just, I, I don't think it's about making more highs by the way. Okay. It's about mitigating the lows. So I, I think that you don't need to like have, you know, a random person write you an email telling you how special you are, your wife coming down, mm-hmm. you know, saying something to you. I think in the human mind, it's about mitigating the low points. I think you, you can't control the highs because the highs are sometimes external. You know, you get in a car accident or uh, some your kids get sick, but I think mitigating the lows, the, the self-talk, the dialogue that you have, you know, let's um, make that happiness go up a little higher. Let's, let's pivot again. Cause I want to keep just, 
kind of looking at at uh, you know episode 100 and keep acknowledging the fact that it's 100. So let's talk about what we're doing in terms of bulletproof going yeah. forward for this year. Yeah. Um, the summit, you know, we kind of we we kind of threw it out there with having a summit, and like that was one of the highlights of my year. Yeah, me too. Man. Having me that too. and just meeting the people who came and just God, it was just. It was just cool. And it wasn't an ego thing. It was just cool. Like I really felt like I was just a, just a cog in the wheel that was going down the field and it was just cool to be involved in that and the St. Regis and doing it in such a cool place. And you yeah, know, and the feedback we got though, man, the feedback was just so awesome. It was right. So good to be able to serve people. In that and night. we stressed like the authenticity, like we wanted, you know, we wanted to be people to be truly authentic with those. And it was just raving feed feedback. So we had been pressed to do, um, at the time, people were like, you got to do this more than once because there's so many, there's so many little things we want, you know, uh, so many more niches of what we talked about here in this day and a half that we want to hear more of. And you and I kind of struggled with that because it's a, it's a process to put that on, right? It's, it's, yeah. um, and I just, I didn't want to dilute it. Well, I, when we were done, I was like, Pete, we got to do this. You're like, I don't yeah. know, man. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, thought, I was like, nah, see it. See you next October. Nah, we're not doing this again, bud. I mean, we're not doing it like quarterly or whatever it was yeah. recommended. Um, Cause I don't, I don't want to, I don't want it to become a business. I want it to become a value prop where people are excited and they're really yeah. feeling like they're getting there. I don't want it to become like whatever. Um, that being said, there is an opportunity that has been brought to us for doing one, you know, cause obviously a lot of our focus, a lot of our, you know, you and I live on the East coast and so we're doing venues in the East coast. So it's been brought to actually one of the listeners um, and who's not a dentist, but he works with a big supply company and they want to help us kind of host one out on the West coast. And you and I were, were intrigued because you and I already talked about taking a family vacation in, to California this summer and um, you know, getting out of the heat um, and kind of going to a more Mediterranean climate. And it just kind of like, you know, nothing happens by mistake. It's just kind of funny how all things sometimes kind of align. And um, I think that's going to happen. And I think, I think that I want everyone to kind of just uh, bookmark if they're interested in, in, in hearing about a summer summit, I'm not saying it's going to negate the October one. Do you think? I don't really know. I mean, okay. it's, it's all about before Pete and I got on stage. <laughs> we got our shit together. But, well, before we got on stage, Pete and I are like, you know, in the morning, the morning before he's like, well, you know, we're going to give this a whirl. We're going to see if we add value and if it adds value and helps people, then we'll do this. And if it doesn't, you know, we've been there, done that. And, uh, uh you know, Pete and I had a, a, a small like prayer before we went on stage. Remember that? It was just like, you know, just God give us the ability to help just one person today. If we could help one person, these 88, 90 people in this room, that's a success. Yep. And that spirit of, of paying it forward really permeated the entire weekend. And um, I left, like, I felt like we did a massive, you know, value proposition and then the validation of what we did. So I just, I think it's not even about you and I, it's not about whether or not we want to do it. I think, I think it, dentistry needs it. And when you think about, you know, the conversation today where there's a million places you can go learn to polish your preps and take out, you know, bone grafting, there's a million courses for, um, for, for site pro, socket preservation and implants and guides and God, there's a million experts in that, but there's really no zone for, for the conversation that we're having. And if there was, I would say, then screw it, let those guys do it. But, um, you know, there's also a lot of, yeah, I'm trying to think, is that, that, that doesn't, you're right. That doesn't really exist per se. Um, I'm thinking of two people and having, yeah, just like, obviously you and I, are very, very raw and very transparent with our thoughts. I mean, look what we just talked about, like the, the, the bumps and bruises kind of thing. And, and so many people are, are, are peacocking that, nah, everything's great. Just follow my path. And oh, and here's my course. Yeah. Speaking of peacocking and transparency, I, I want to acknowledge uh, out of the hundred podcasts we did, I want to acknowledge one in particular it was Kyle Stanley mm -hmm. because he was so real and authentic and he's so sincere and, um, when he brought up the suicide thing and, you know, Kyle shared a very personal story of his on a, on the Christian coachman podcast about how he got really depressed and burnt out. And I think dentistry needs more Kyle Stanley's and more people that are willing to admit um, their failure and they're, they're willing to show their bruises. Um, 
I think that is what's needed in dentistry. We've got a very high suicide rate and couple that with the FOMO that goes on on Instagram, how you see these dentists flying all yeah. around and doing all this stuff. And like, if you're just a general dentist struggling, you know, where are you going to turn to? So I think it's, in, it's also really important for the guys who have made it quote unquote made it to show that it's not all, you know, roses and sunshine. It's very liberating for people. I mean, a lot of people want to be just like Kyle or just like you, Pete, and they don't see that there's a dark side to it too. And when they see that, there is some understanding of like, okay, they don't have it easier than I do. Mm. It's, and I love that podcast that we do. Yeah, that's powerful as shit. Like what you just said. Yeah, like, you know, like everyone, yeah, we're all in this together, right? And so I, I think you're right. You can, you can, if you're looking at Instagram and looking, God, look at Payment, he's posting so much. I'm not doing yeah. that. I'm not yeah, doing that. I'm another a, full arch. That's isn't God. that like twenty five or thirty grand? And and Payman, if you talk to him, he'll he, he's an open book. He'll tell you, "Wow, this is tough. What do I do? I don't know what I'm doing." But he's there's no voice for him to say that because his his channel is really about showing the surgeries. Mm. Um, and and you know, statistically speaking, there's really good data to show you that the more time you spend on social media, the more unhappy you're going to be. It's actually a direct correlation. There's it's a, a there's a time chart, right? It's inversely yeah. proportional. Right. Um, and here I am, by the way, spending yeah. a shit ton of time on it and knowing that, you know, I set my timer to only allow, so, you know, you can do that on the iPhone, by the way. Of course, of course, man. Oh, okay. of course. You, you just, hit, also, you just hit ignore. Yeah. Just give me one more little 15 minutes, a little bit more dopamine, a couple a more likes. More dopamine. You know, so it's, um, and, and a lot of, but it's, it's real. And, uh, there is, there is a value placed on your influence. Um, you know, I've, we're, I've been asked to speak and they, they want to see my Instagram and they want to see how many followers I have. So there is some credibility to those mm -hmm. numbers. So it's not, and, and listen, the, well, it's social proof, right? Yeah. And that's, that's what, that's why they want to see that, right? Cause that's an easy metric now that we can that gauge ourselves for better or for worse in the society. You know, I do it looking at patients when, when they're saying, Hey, I want, I want some, you know, free whitening. I'm like, well, you, you only have a hundred followers. I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> You know, but like, that's not, that's not fair, right? I know I mean, it's not, it's not. But, um, so anyway, the summer, I hesitate, the summer summit, the West Coast summer summit that potentially may happen. You heard it here first. We're looking at the weekend of June 14th and 15th, which is, I don't know if anyone's going to look at their calendar, Father's Day is the 16th, which, um, we struggled with for a little bit. I said, man, I don't want people to kind of feel, especially East coasters because it's getting hard getting a flight home. If you want to go home for a father's day. Um, but it could be a cool thing in which people it's the summer, right? So it could be a cool thing. People parlay that into a vacation East coasters do like, like you and I are going to do. Um, and West coasters, obviously they can take, you know, the summer will be over on Saturday afternoon or evening and they can fly, fly home that night. But, that was really the only times when then your schedule aligned, my schedule aligned and, and um, the shine Henry shines uh, availability was cause shine's going to be one of the people that, that is really going to help position this um, really just th through note. And it's not, we're not having an alignment with, with anything is meaning sometimes when people take sponsorships, they all of a sudden now it becomes geared towards like, Oh, it's just like Hawk shine stuff. But it's really shines proposition was we just want to create value for a lot of our clients. And, and that really resonated with us. And also Pete, really important to say, for those of you who went to the summit, you know this already, but for those of you who did it, we did it at the St. Regis and um, it was like a freaking wedding. Like we had, mm -hmm. I mean, we had a cocktail reception outside. What was the bill for the cocktails that was included that mm -hmm. we paid for rather? Well, that was what, that was our fatal flaw in the, uh, in the, in the, we had an open bar. It was like, counting, but we didn't care. We were drinking. Yeah. We were loving our, speaking of endorphins, our endorphins were going super high. And we're like, just let it roll. That was a $15,000 bar tub. Right. But the point that I'm saying is that this is, we, we believe Pete and I believe that learning in an environment that's, you know, beautiful and surrounding and yourself in a, like a, a luxury environment, like the St. Regis actually is a transformational experience that helps you get into your zone of creativity. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to do a summit at the Doubletree or the Ramada. It's just not what we're going to do. If we're going to bring our families, we're going to travel and take time off. We want it to be a luxurious experience. And experience, um, just like what we talk, right? So going back to the dental experience, the vacation experience, like life is about quality, quality experiences. And, and they don't always have to be expensive 
quality, but it's all about experiences. Well, Shine will help us go to the uh, Laguna, what is it, the Ritz Carlton or one of those things. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. we don't know where it's, it's definitely gonna be Santa Monica, so it, it, in that area, like the LA, greater LA area within an hour of LA. We don't know the venue that. Again, if you're listening to this podcast and you're interested, make sure you're signed up on that text list because once we get all the full information, those people will hear about it first because um, that's what it's set up for. And also one thing that was really cool, and I hope we're going to do this again, Pete, is that it was such a small group by you know, the end of day one. We all knew each other. We all mm-hmm. knew the practices. So mm-hmm. you, know, you put 100 people or 150 people in, in that room, you're going to destroy the um, sense of community that we created. So I know ideally you want to put as many people in the room so that you can cover your costs, but there is a sweet spot. I'd love to limit it like we did to that smaller group, an intimate group. I really think that was valuable. Everybody by the end of it had like a band, uh, you know, it was a band of brothers and sisters. Right. And they're still, they're still talking right to each other. Like there's their friend, they form lifelong friendship. That's what it's about. That's cool. It's really cool. Cause like you said earlier in Kyle's thing, dentistry is a lonely place and it can be, and it can, and unless you have someone saying like, yeah, that happened to me too, yeah. you know, or, or like, Oh, here's how I fixed it. You know, like yeah. that's validation for what you're feeling and it. And you got to get out of the woes me. Cause I think there's a lot of that in our culture and especially in dentistry. Like you and I just talked about how we had it within the past two years, both of us independent. So buddy, that's, I think let's, let's put a cap in that. Um, I'm, I, I will be serious for once and that I am, um, when I'm talking to you and I won't bust on you, but I'm, I'm really blessed to be doing this journey with you, pal. You're, you're one of the most solid humans I know. And I I can't tell you how, how grateful I am for your friendship. Yeah, likewise, buddy. Literally, um, it, what we have together, um, this friendship and this ability to hold each other accountable, I think that's what makes the value proposition for the listener as well. Because it's just, if we can do this for each other, people can, you know, benefit as well. And that's, um, I agree, man. It's, we are blessed to have uh, this, this friendship and this venue. And Anything also the chops. Because uh, at the end of the day, if we, didn't, if we weren't struggling and doing what we're doing, no one would be listening. So uh, I'm grateful for the journey. I'm grateful for you. And of course, we're grateful for the listeners and nothing better than to be out in a dental conference and have someone come up and say, Hey man, you helped me a lot. Yeah. Uh, what you said here really helped me. Yeah, that's the good shit right there. You know that. And you're like, Whoa, it matters. It does matter. <laughs> yeah. All right, brother. Have a great day. Have a happy Friday. Enjoy your, uh, enjoy your always beautiful weather behind you and I'll go play in the cold. All right, Pete, I'll talk to you soon. All right, pal. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. If you got any value or insight from today's episode, it massively helps us create awareness if you would take five seconds and leave us a review in iTunes. Also, stay in touch with our updates and such by just texting the word Bulletproof, all one word, to 345-345. We promise not to bombard you with spam texts or anything, but it will help update you on special opportunities for our listeners, as well as even info on the upcoming Bulletproof Summit 2019. Again, that's the word Bulletproof to 345-345. Thanks so much, y'all. Have a great day.